I want to share a photograph of you. Have a look at this photograph. Here it comes. I'm testing Chris here. I'm bouncing about. Here we are. Can you see this photograph? Now, this is a picture. There we are. It's a pretty dark picture because it was pretty dark where we were there. This is a picture taken at about four in the morning, I think, at the foot of Scarfell Pike a few weeks ago, about six weeks ago. Alan had got us there barely. It was scary driving along. Alan doesn't entirely believe we're having all four wheels on the road at the same time. <laughs> but that was very exciting. We drove there. And when we got there, it was still dark, and we had to keep going. So I, when I walked up this hill, wore this. What do you think of this? Now, everybody, this is what you call going over the top with a head torch. I was inspired by Jeremy Young. Jeremy, you here? Jeremy there, because we went for a local walk in the dark, and his torch was so bright, it was like walking behind a car with full beam headlight on it through the dark as we went along. Now, look at this, everybody. You can have one light. It's quite nice, isn't it? Look at that. <laughs> you can have three lights, two lights. You can have three lights, or, now this is the really exciting one, everybody. You can have a flashing light. <laughs> so when we were, look at that in the back. I've not seen that before. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's like being a walking bicycle. Fantastic. So we wore a head torch. Now, we wore a head torch for a very particular reason. We were walking up a hill which was uneven. We didn't know the way entirely. We had a map. So we needed to have some light to see where the way was. And also, the path was uneven, and we didn't want to fall over. We didn't want to stumble, which is why we put this light on our head. And that's what I want you to think about as we begin going back to the verse that I've just talked about. It said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Imagine life is like walking up a mountain in the dark. What would you want to get up there? You'd want a light, a light to be a guide, a light to make sure you don't lose your, your, your step and fall over, a light actually to expose what is there and to lead you by the right way. And I believe that Jesus is all those things. So when we talked about beacons, we talked about communities which were centered on Jesus and lit up from the inside out because Jesus gives us that light. Who knows Jesus is the light of their life? Anybody here? Yes. Jesus is the light of your life. So I want to talk through this first, just very quickly, so we can see. Here's the first part of it. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Okay, this is very obvious, this stuff, but I want you to think about it. When I prepared this, I thought, actually, that's not as straightforward, that statement, as it seems. What does it mean when we talk about light? I've already said it talks about guidance, knowing the way. It prevents us from falling. It helps us to see what's there. But light is also the opposite of darkness. It is about hope and life. Light is what you walk into when you've been forgiven. When you know that you've been going the wrong way and stumbling and falling, but the light shows you the way. All of those things are true. And in this verse, in John 8, who is the light of the world? 
Does it say that I am one of the lights of the world? No. Does it say I am one of your choices if you want to follow some guidance in the world? No. It says I, Jesus says, quite a statement, don't you think? I am the light of the world. It's a big thing, isn't it? So how have you lived in the last week? What's been the light of your world? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you want not to fall over, if you want not to stumble, if you want to know the way, I am the light of the world. He's the one who is the source of everything that's good. I want you to stop and listen to that again. Jesus says, I am the light of the one. I am the source of everything that is good. Even when things are bad. He is hope. He is life. Last Sunday night, we sang a song here. It said, Waymaker, miracle worker, light in the darkness. That is who I am. Jesus is the light in the world. So beacons are beacons because essentially they're dedicated to the way of Jesus. They're not clubs or classrooms or courses. That's not what we are. But they're communities of people choosing to be filled with this light, Jesus, and follow this light and help each other to do that. Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But then he goes on and says this. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness. So Jesus' most simple suggestion to all of us, if you want to come and know Jesus, you know what the very simplest thing he says? He says, follow me. Follow me. When we were walking up the the mountains, there was a point at which we lost our way. Well, there were several points at which we lost our way. It is a huge comfort to follow somebody who knows the way especially when it's getting dark and it's pouring with rain and it's freezing cold. You need a leader who knows the way. We have Jesus. He knows the way. So are you stumbling? Are you struggling at the moment? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. We won't get lost. We won't be overcome if we follow Jesus. If we make his way our way, Not that we add Jesus to our way and make him something else. Not that he makes us feel better. So often in the songs we sing and in the way people talk about faith these days, you would think that Jesus came as the ultimate therapist. He says, you are the center of the world and I have come to make you feel better. That's not what Jesus says. He says, I am the light of the way. And if you follow me, then you will have the light of life. It's not about us. We don't employ Jesus as a Sherpa to get us to where we want to be. We follow him to be where he wants us to be. If we follow him, we will not walk in darkness. We can trust him because his light is like a compass, even if it's not like a map. And beacons are communities of people who together want to follow this light. That's why we come together. Lastly, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Not only do we follow something, but we gain something from Jesus. We have something in our possession. Not just light to show the way, not just light to stop us from falling, but he lights up our whole life. Now, I was going to sing to you this morning from a song by Ash. 
Has anyone ever heard of ash? It's called shining light. Like a beacon that shines in the night, yeah, I am your shining light. Anyone recognize it? I couldn't help myself, Alex. I was not going to sing, and then I just, I just found myself. You can't help yourself. If you listen to that song, you start dancing around and jumping around, and you say, Jesus says, and I always think about my faith with that, he's my shining light. He's my shining light. That's what it says here. We have something. In the Old Testament, Jesus, God described Israel as a people who would be light to the Gentiles. Because the light that we have, and this is the last thing I will say because there's someone else speaking in a minute. The light we have is not supposed to be kept to ourselves. Now, I'm going to give you a little illustration here because it's my favorite illustration. You've heard it before, but here it goes. If you have light, imagine this, everybody over here. If you have light that shines into a mug, right? Can you think about this? If you have... I'm talking to you over there. If you have light, if you shine a torch into a mug, right, a mug, got it, a mug, if you shine the light into the mug and you look at the outside of the mug, can you see the light? Can you? Where's the light gone? Inside the mug. So if you shine a torch into a mug, all you do is you shine the torch inside, but it gets stuck inside this. Now, try this when you get home. If you put your head torch on, like this one, Every home should have one. And you get a glass, okay, and you put your glass on. Oh, where's it gone? Oh, thank you. You've got lights in your basket that you can do this. Oh, brilliant. Look at that, Jeremy showing. If you shine your light through a glass like that, does, can you see the light, do you think, if it's a glass? Yes, you can, because the light is inside but it also goes through that and out on the other side. And that's what we think about being lights, everybody. Because Jesus does not want you to be a mug. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Jesus does not want you to be a mug. He wants you to be a glass so that you can shine your light. So that's my story. That's my first bit. What did Jesus say? Who's the light of the world? Jesus. What did Jesus say? I am the light of the world. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, morning, everybody. Um, I'd just like to remind us of the end of that verse again, Matthew 5:16. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Um, there's a couple of elements to this, I think. So it's about your light, but also how you shine it. Um, and I'm just going to touch on that this morning um, and explain how I think being in a beacon can support you with this. Um, first, we need to take a little look at the flame, the light that we have within, and ask yourself, how bright is your light at the moment? Um, is it just starting to ignite? Is it burning red hot or is it dwindling a little bit? Um, it can be quite easy for us to allow the pressure of everyday life and different situations to overwhelm us and essentially smother our flame. Um, but what we do need to remember is that as followers of Jesus, we will always have that light within us, even if it is dwindling in the darkest of times, in the most difficult of situations. And we just need to fan the flame and find the right people to fuel our fire. Um, prayer will help, of course. Reading the word will help. 
coming to church will help and being an engaged member of a beacon will help. Um, I looked up the definitions of the word beacon and I actually came across a computing term called beaconing. Um, I'm not pretending that I fully understand this, I'm not that technically minded, but beaconing is the process that allows a network to self-repair network problems. And that's something we can experience as part of a beacon, isn't it? Um, many of you might have experienced some repair through the support of your beacon already, or you might be on the restoration journey. Um, but with a beacon, you've got a lot of people that you can call on for prayer, for guidance. You can send out your cry for help and people will answer, they'll support, they'll pray for you. We've heard in church some stories about prayers being answered, haven't we? Um, I think perhaps the healing of one of the Clark children that comes to mind. I think a call went out from Pip via WhatsApp. People prayed and that prayer was answered. So that's really amazing. Um, we don't have to pray in isolation. We don't have to wait for a Sunday service. We can call on our beacons and pray as part of a beacon. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And that's even via the power of, power of WhatsApp, isn't it? Which is brilliant. Um, and of course, if we're in a beacon, with people that we enjoy spending time with, sharing with, feel encouraged by, win the company of the right sort of people to fuel our fire. Um, and that will help fan your flame. Um, when you're in a beacon with somebody like Clive Roberts, you can't help but have your fan flamed because he's just so passionate and speaks with such conviction. It's brilliant. Um, Christian brothers and sisters will have a Jesus-focused view and perspective as well, and that's really important for us. Um, we need the input, guidance, support of other Christians on our journey to keep our flames burning and to keep us accountable and living a life that glorifies our Father in heaven as we're commanded to do. If your flame's dwindling, and this is where you are right now, and you're not part of a beacon, if you have a look out there at some of the stands, you might see something that appeals to you. Um, you might see a beacon that you feel will offer you the fellowship that you need at this time and it this isn't a case of you do you babe like joe white said the other week and i cannot get that out of my mind you do you babe um but it's about nurturing your flame and adding fuel to the fire so that you can be in a position to let your light shine brightly when you head out into the world um the next part of course is how we shine our light so when we go out to do good deeds, it, we shouldn't feel like we're under pressure. We should feel privileged to be out there. Um, and our efforts shouldn't be draining, but enriching for ourselves and for others. So I think that our flames burn brightest when we've got a genuine interest, enthusiasm for what we're doing. People can tell that we're invested. People can tell that we're excited. And as a consequence, they become interested and ask questions and want to join in. And there are so many needs out there waiting for us to fill, aren't there? Um, you might want to think about what your gifts are, what your interests are, what has God given you a heart for. Um, for the Taken fans out there, I'm, I'm going to ask you, do you have a very particular set of skills? Skills that you've over-acquired over a very long career? Skills that will make you a nightmare? No, no, sorry, an asset to a beacon. You might think that your interests or qualities align with... Um, align with beacons you might not think they align with anything that beacons are doing at the moment so find out today you could consider starting your own beacon um, seek out like-minded people people that 
share a desire to fill a need that, that you've noticed. Um, you could go solo and do a project, volunteer yourself um, to, to take something up and go from there. And if you haven't found your thing yet, you will. Um, Ephesians 2.10 tells us, For we are God's handiwork, created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So there's a plan out there for everybody. Um, once you've nurtured your flame, your light's feeling bright, all that needs to happen is for you to go. Don't be a mug. Be a glass. Um, you're filled up, you're ready to be sent out. You can go as part of a beacon. Um, one of my favourite worship songs is God of Justice, and every time I sing it, I feel all the emotions rising, and we've, we've definitely sung this song in church before, and the call to action is really clear. We must go. Live to feed the hungry. Stand beside the broken. We must go. Stepping forward, keep us from just singing, move us into action, we must go. It's become very easy for us to do our bit for charity, hasn't it, now these days? You tap your card, you add your donation at the end of your shopping, you can send a text, you can type in a few details online. But I don't think this is really fulfilling what we've been asked to do. We're not going out there by doing that, are we? I'm not knocking giving to charity, of course. It's absolutely essential that we, that we give. We're called to give. Um, but it's more about going out there and doing good works that people can see and having that sort of impact on others. Um, and as we step forward, as we meet the needs of others, we work to solve problems with a full heart, um, a ferociously burning light within us, and that will be seen, that will be recognised by people. And when we're seen and we're heard, opportunities to talk about Jesus will happen organically. And people that haven't already accepted Jesus into their lives will ask questions and they'll see what living a Christ-centred life looks like by watching us. Um, so we just need to head out, reach out. We can't stand still as individuals, as beacons, or as a church. We need to keep moving forward and seeking, seeking those opportunities to do good. Um, Desmond Tutu said, do your little bit of good where you are. It's those little bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. And we have needs within our church at the moment. So I'm thinking in particular of our seniors. Um, Eileen is forever trying to contact people to organize lifts and things. And that transportation need to and from the monthly services is something that people can sign up for. Um, in fact, if you see me after the service, I'll get you signed up. But they're also a shameless plug there. Um, but there are many local charities that need volunteers. Um, I mean, to name a few, Azalea, Luton Food Bank, Noah Signposts, charities that we're all really aware of locally. Um, can you all be conserved them in some way? Is there an area of the town that needs a tidy? Can you do a litter pick? There's so many ways to let your light shine and to do good. Um, and we need to go out and do that with passion and for the glory of God. So we can make a difference. We are the light of the world and Jesus living in us can change the world. So this week I'd just implore you all to think about your own light, think about how that's shining and make every effort to do everything that we do with, with that light glowing and for the glory of our Father in heaven. Thank you. Alex next. Thank you, Alex.